Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Welcome back to another not quite Q&A episode with myself and Coach Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hello, Nicole. How are you? I am really great. Today is the last day before we go on a little mini beach vacation, which as I was telling you before we press record, I am not a beach girly. And so I'm not super pumped about slathering up in SBF, but I am excited to watch Cole at the beach. So it'll be fun just to see him splashing around in the ocean for a couple of days. He's going to have a blast. And we are, I'm also leaving tomorrow for a vacation. We'll be headed to Cancun. Kids first time on an airplane, which is like the big excitement right now. I think even more so than like the actual vacation. It's like they're going on a plane for the first time. Are they excited or petrified? Um, No one's petrified. I think there's some nerves. There's some excitement. We told them to pack like little bags and my seven-year-old packed glitter and slime and we had to (laughs) redo her airplane bag like you can't bring glitter and slime on the airplane so there's a little bit of that going on but everyone's excited slime may not even make it past tsa they might be like no too close to a liquid we gotta confiscate the no can you imagine bringing a jar of loose glitter on an airplane i don't know what she was planning to do with it but we took it we took it out Not the best flight accessory. No, no. They'll learn. (laughs) My gosh. Well, how exciting for them and for you. I mean, maybe not the flight part, but the actual Cancun part. Sounds exciting. Yes, yes. We're all excited. Vacations are so great. They give you such a good little reset. (laughs) I love a vacation if I have time at home before I have to go immediately back to like life, scheduling, work. So I have learned this about myself and I have now scheduled vacations where it's like, oh no, we're coming home 24 hours, 48 hours before we have to be back to our like, you know, life routine. I can't tell you how much anxiety that that has saved me. It's a game changer. I agree a thousand percent. Having one day to regroup after a vacation, just to be at home, maybe do the laundry or just to not, just to regroup and be back at home before diving back into real life is, it's a game changer. Look, I'm glad to hear you say that. I thought I was like a mood killer for saying that, but no. No, I agree a thousand percent. Interesting. Maybe it's a mom. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. I'm excited to dive into today's episode because we are addressing one question that I received in my DMs on Instagram. And it's because we have a lot to say about it. But before we do that, as promised, I am going to read one of our Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast reviews. And this one was left by Crystal G. Crystal G said, don't be fooled by her upbeat, energetic presence. This girl keeps it real and she is nothing but genuine. She shares personal stories that will make you feel understood and hopeful. And she throws in some tough love when you need it most, because we all need it sometimes. If you have struggled over and over, but you're not ready to give up. And if you want to live your best life in a sustainable way, you came to the right place. 
Thank you, Aww. Crystal. That is a glowing review. Such nice words. You know what I think we need to do is I feel like we need to gift these reviewers with something. I don't know if I usually send new clients like little journals that they can just keep track of some of their action steps, their progress, their wins, their celebrations, their struggles in. And maybe we need to like start rewarding people who actually invest their time in leaving reviews because this is just so amazing. It needs to be reinforced. Yes, we should absolutely do that. If somebody leaves a review, if somebody shares it on their Instagram stories, I think that's an amazing idea because we want to get the word out because I can't send out like 10,000 of these. If people all of a sudden start leaving reviews and sharing the podcast to their Instagram and Facebook stories, but let me think about it. And I will come up with a way to kind of maybe have like a winner. Like I'll pick one person from the week and we'll send them a little gift or something. Yeah. I I like this idea. I think it's a good one. (laughs) Now onto the juicy stuff. I posted a post from Alan Argon on my Instagram stories earlier this week. And this is what sparked the question that arrived in my DM inbox. I'm just going to reread it. So we're all on the same page. Alan's post said, jumpstart challenges like 75 hard and whole 30 are things that people end up doing repeatedly, all caps. They lack long-term effectiveness. No knowledge or skills are gained. Dietary myths are reinforced. A temporary commitment to an arbitrary set of rules does not lead to permanent changes. And I share this because it's definitely something that I can relate to. And then in my DMs, I got a, it wasn't even a question. It was a comment from a former client. And she said, I would love to hear more of your thoughts about 75 hard. And I said, okay, we're going to dive into it on the next podcast episode. So Lauren, do you maybe just want to give folks a little information, a little background, just in case they've been living under a rock and don't know what 75 hard or whole 30 are like these challenges. Can you just give us a little bit of background? Yeah, sure. So any kind of nutrition challenge is generally set up with a list of rules, generally maybe foods they want you to eat, but most likely it's foods they want you to eliminate. And there's generally a set timeline. So whole 30, it's 30 days, 75 hard, it's 75 days. So there's some kind of timeline set in place and a set of rules that everybody follows for that timeline. Specifically with 75 hard, The rules, I'm going to see if I can remember all of them. You do two 45-minute workouts every day, and one has to be outside no matter matter the weather. You have to read 10 pages of a self, like personal development book every day. Take a progress picture every day. You have to, you get to choose your nutrition plan with 75 hard. It can be anything. It can be macros. It can be vegan. It can be paleo. It can be anything, but you have to choose it or you get to choose it. And there's a hundred ounces of water. And the premise there is you have to follow that perfectly for 75 days. That's kind of the big sell there is that if you read nine pages instead of 10, you have to start back over at day one. That's their whole premise. It's 75 day, 75 hard, perfectly executed. Whole30 is a little different. They just give you an extensive list of foods that you cannot eat, that you have to eliminate from your diet. And again, I'm going to see if I can remember all of these off the top of my head. So you take out all grains, you take out all added sugars, you take out 
Oh gosh, now I'm blanking. You take out any legumes. You take out all soy products. Dairy. Do you take out dairy? Yes, you take out dairy. You're basically left with lean animal protein, fruits and vegetables, and like other plants like avocados, things like that. Like you're not left with a lot. I, I feel like there's more that I'm missing. Artificial sweeteners you take out. So there's a very restrictive food list and you follow that for 30 days. And the idea is that after 30 days, you can add them back in one at a time to see how your body reacts, see if you felt better without them in your diet. It's technically not advertised, I believe, as like a weight loss plan. It's more of try eating this way and see how you feel and see how terrible these other things are for your health when you add them back in. So, and again, I used to run these at the gym I worked at for four and a half years. We ran them regularly. We called it something else for copyright reasons, <laughs> but it was all 30. And it was, again, just like 75 hard, perfection was encouraged. That's what we would say. Perfection is not required, but it's highly encouraged. You need to stick to it perfectly for 30 days, not eating any of these foods. And in the case of the gym that I worked out, we also had a meal plan. We had like a whole book and there was a meal plan that we handed out to everybody. It didn't matter if you were a 25 year old athlete or 80 years old and a walker, everybody got the same meal plan as well and the same list of foods to take out. So that was the general idea behind those two diets in particular, restricted food list, perfection is required, set timeline. And you've tried both of these, right? I never tried Whole30. <laughs> okay, so I'm the inverse. I have tried Whole30, but I have never tried 75 hard. And like you mentioned in a previous life, I used to lead similar challenges. So these are just two that we're using as an example, but they're certainly not the only two time-bound dietary, you know, mm-hmm. health intervention-like challenges. I used to be one of the personal trainers who led Biggest Loser Challenges at our local gym. And it was very time bound. So like eight weeks, I think, maybe 12 weeks, but either way, very short time period where people were working out X number of days per week. They got points for the workouts they did. They were encouraged, strongly encouraged to adhere to a whole 30 type diet, mostly whole foods, none of the other fun stuff. Um, So again, these are not the only two diets that we're referencing when we're talking through today's conversation, but they're the two that we're probably going to reference the most often. I think... We should start with why they're so appealing and what they do well. Because what I want to just throw out there as a little disclaimer before we dive deeper into this conversation is we're not hating on these types of time-bound challenges. I personally believe that they come with more cons than pros. So in most instances, I'm not recommending them. I'm probably not going to support them. However, I can see why they're so alluring. And I think it's important we talk about that because a lot of people are going to these challenges and expecting to get sustainable progress out of it and then feeling like they're failures when they don't. So then they repeat them and repeat them and repeat them like the Alan Argon post, right? I think that's one of his biggest beefs with the time-bound challenges. What do you think that they do well? Why do you think people keep going back to them? Well, they promise a lot of results. And, and if I can get results in 30 days or even 75 days, that somebody else like you or I would be saying, well, it's going to take about six months, maybe a year. Like I'm going to go the 30 or 75 days. So I think that is the basis of their appeal is the quick results. Like I can put my head down and do the work for 30 days or 75 days 
and then I'm going to look amazing and then I'll be done dieting, right? Because I'm going to get to my end result. So that I feel like is the main appeal of them. And like you said, I, I would never recommend them, honestly, maybe, I guess never say never, but I can see how having some structure could be helpful for some people. There are a lot of people that really live and die by rules and really enjoy rules and like to be told exactly what to do. And so I could see how maybe rules like that is helpful. I can see how if you maybe have a lot of what we would not consider great healthy habits, diving all in for some people might be helpful. Might kind of go on like cold turkey and just like, okay, I'm committing. I'm getting rid of all this, all these habits. I'm going to just dive all in at once. For most people, I don't think it's going to work great that way. I think it'll mostly backfire. But I guess there's always going to be that one person that's like, I have to do it this way. I have to just dive in and and hit this like reset button on my life and my habits. And then I guess the fact that they're not encouraging you to live like this forever. There is a very, it's a finite time that you're following these rules, I guess, can be helpful for some people too. Knowing like, okay, if I'm just really focused for these 75 days, I can change some health habits. Again, I'm saying all of this because I'm trying to find the good. (laughs) I I think I like half-heartedly am believing what I'm saying. I think there's like a very small amount of the population that are going to do well diving all in and going cold turkey on all their other habits and following these rules But if we're looking for some good, I guess I could maybe point to those. But again, I think the basis of their appeal is quick results. I agree with you. I think that these time bound type challenges do five things well. I wrote them out because I wanted to give them credit where credit is due, but there are caveats to every single one. So the first thing that I think Whole30 and 75 Hard-esque programs do well is that they do a great job of inspiring motivation. Similar to like a January 1st resolution, there's day one of a challenge, right? So it's like the fresh start, the clean slate. Our brains love that shit. That's what they do well. But remember, motivation is fickle and it's fleeting. So it doesn't last. So it's great that you feel awesome on day one, but how are you going to feel on day 37 or with Whole30? How are you going to feel on day 12? Motivation is going to be in the gutter, right? Yeah. The second thing, is that they are time bound, like you mentioned. So just like there's a day one, there's also a day done. So in my brain, I'm like, oh, I don't have to do this forever. I just have to do this for 30 days. I can do anything for 30 days, right? So the idea of committing to something for a short period of time feels way more manageable than playing the infinity game and committing to something long-term. Oh, I'll do this and then I'll get back to my real life. Or I don't have anything on my social calendar for the next 75 days. This is the perfect time for me to do this thing. But remember, if we don't continue doing the behaviors that produce the results, the results won't last. We're going to go back to where we started. The third thing is that they cater to the competitor inside all of us. How many days can I do this thing perfectly? How many workouts can I get consecutively? How many points can I earn, et cetera, right? There's a sense of like pride, at least in me. And maybe that's because I am slightly competitive. When I think about like achieving a streak or like a number of consecutive days, that's unbroken. And challenges speak really well to that. But remember, it's also important to master the skill of doing things when they don't feel fun and when they don't feel exciting. Long-term success requires us to take action even when the only competitor 
is a former version of ourself. The fourth thing that I think they do extremely well is create a sense of community. Not only is every single person who's doing 75 hard and whole 30 posting about their experience online, which evokes a sense of camaraderie, there's a strong group think component to short-term challenges, meaning, oh, well, I'm just doing what everybody else is doing, right? Like I'm not in this alone. I don't have to have autonomy and decide what's best for me. I'm just doing what the rules tell me to do. And that's what everybody else is doing. We're all in this together kind of mindset until the challenge ends and it's day 76 or it's day 31. And now I have to learn how to suddenly be successful independently and also hold myself accountable because no one's cheering me on on day 76 or day 31. And the last thing that I think they do really well, which you already talked about, Lauren, is that they boast about making progress quickly. So due to the hard and fast rules that are associated with most of these challenges, you're probably going to make fast progress. And what's more motivating than making progress? Absolutely nothing. Making progress, seeing progress occur is the most motivating thing ever. So naturally, you're then wanting to do more of those things. But remember, if you don't plan on following the challenges rules forever, you're likely going to lose some, if not all, of the progress that those rules helped you to create, especially if you don't have a transition plan. So like I mentioned before, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to do this and then I'll get back to my real life. You mentioned, I'm going to make a ton of progress and then I'll get back to, to normal. But if I go back to eating the exact same way that I was before and I go back to not working out two times a day for 75 days consecutively, you bet my bottom dollar that my weight's going back to what it was before and my quality of life is going back to what it was before. My health markers are going back to what they were before. So five things. I think that they do really, really well, but every single one of them breaks down. So I I should have kind of expanded on when I said, I don't think I'd recommend this to most people because the only people who I would recommend a 75 hard challenge or a whole 30 for are probably people who are extremely advanced in their healthy eating habits, their nutrition strategies, and they want a fun challenge, but just for that. They want a fun challenge. Like some crazy people out there do marathons for fun, right? <laughs> you probably are a consistent exerciser already, right? You have the healthy habit of working out frequently. I wouldn't recommend to the average person trying to lower their blood sugar or lose 50 pounds to start training for a marathon. That's like advanced level shit. So if you're doing it for an experiment where you want to do it for kicks and giggles, but you understand this is not going to help me create habits that last forever. This is not going to help me lose body fat and keep it off for the long term. It's going to get me some pretty cool results. And I want to see what I can do in 75 days, or I want to see what I can learn in 30 days. Fine. Have at it. But because most of the women that we work with don't want success for only 30 days. They've been there. They've done that. It's actually more defeating and it leaves them feeling more frustrated than before. They want success that's going to last them into the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s of their life. I would never recommend a 75 hard or a whole 30 challenge to them. Okay. I have two follow-ups to everything that you just said. First, I have, while you were talking, I thought of one thing that neither of us mentioned that I do think they do well. (laughs) And that is encourage consumption of whole foods. They do encourage, you know, a nutrient dense diet, a very restrictive nutrient dense diet. But at the same time, 
I'm thinking particularly of this one woman who, who did the challenge at my gym and she had gone from eating like, I don't remember what her old breakfast was, but she had, that was one habit that she was able to stick with long-term was that she had switched whatever her old breakfast was like cereal or something to a high protein smoothie. And that was able to stay with her. So it's like, okay, great. So you found out that when you eat more protein in the morning, you feel a little bit better throughout the day. When you eat a whole foods based, based breakfast, you're feeling a little bit more better than you did with a bowl of cereal and nothing else. So it does encourage consumption of whole foods. The second follow-up I have is there is one more person that I would recommend it to. And it's somebody like I used to be who was like insistent, dig my heels in that, no, this will work for me. I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to do it. And nobody could talk me out of it. And I think in that case, go for it. If you are that person and you're like, no, I really want to do it. I think it's going to be good for me. I encourage you to do it because I needed to like fall flat on my face to understand that it was just another method of all or nothing for me. Like that's all it was. When I tried 75 hard, I can't remember. I don't even think I made it three weeks. (laughs) I don't even think I made it to day 21 if I'm remembering correctly. And I felt really like those two 45 minute workouts a day. And I say this as somebody who's been active for years and years and years, those wore me out. I was drained from those workouts. I was drained from just being perfect because you weren't allowed to like quote cheat at all on the, on your diet, right? There were no bad foods allowed. And so I needed to have that experience to learn how unhelpful 75 hard really was for me. So I would encourage the person who like is swearing up and down. It's going to be good for them to give it a try. You're exactly right. I'm actually jealous. I didn't think about that because it makes so much sense. Yes. Sometimes what we have to do is just let someone go down a road that they're convinced they're going to be successful with because you're right. I mean, best case scenario, they find success. Cool. Like hypothesis proven. Yeah. <laughs> what most often happens is they, their eyes are opened to, oh, maybe this is why it's not the best for me to approach a lifelong kind of success with a time-bound challenge. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I, and, and I want to say that I'm not hoping you fall flat on your face like I did. I, if, if you want to succeed, I hope you do. But I think it's much more likely you're just going to learn why we have the beliefs about these challenges that we do, because they're really not sustainable. They're really not meant for your average individual to have long, any long-term success with them. I think it's all about the motivation or maybe the expectation you have going into these things. So I think my issue with time-bound challenges is most people are starting them with the expectation that this is going to change my life for the rest of my life. This is going to give me what I need. It's going to be the solution for me to sustainably lose body fat, to confidently change my relationship with food, to forever change and improve my health markers. That's not going to happen. I mean, maybe it will for a short period of time if you adhere to the very rigid rules. But then like we talked about, it all comes crumbling down because they're not sustainable. Like by definition, I'm pretty positive. Whole 30 says, do this for only 30 days and then see what else you can reintroduce back into your diet. So they know it's overly aggressive and restrictive. It's not a a way that you're meant to spend the rest of your life. But I think if you go into it with a, let's see what I can learn about myself. Let's see how this feels for me. Then maybe there's some benefit to get from these experiences. For example, maybe if I do Whole30, I realize that I actually feel a lot better when I don't consume a lot of dairy products. Now, does that mean I'm never going to eat ice cream again? 
for the rest of my life or ice cream is bad and it's off limits. It shouldn't. But maybe then I consume less dairy moving forward from Whole30 and I feel better as a result. Fantastic. But I'm not deeming that as a bad or evil food that I'm never allowed to eat again. Similarly, maybe I find that feel better eating more whole foods and less sugar in my diet. Does that mean I have to do that from today until the day that I die in order to be worthy, moral, like a righteous eater? No, not at all. But maybe it does mean minimize the sugar that you consume and eat primarily whole foods. You're not then doing whole 30, right? When you reintroduce sugar in like a moderate way and you eat less dairy, but you still enjoy your favorite dairy products. That's just called eating a balanced diet. Like that's just called... (laughs) abiding by healthy eating habits, like listening to your body and giving your body what it needs and what it wants. But I do think maybe there's some benefit if we have an appropriate expectation going in. But if we were to survey the expectations of people starting these challenges, I think a very, very, very small percentage are going in saying, let's see how my body feels working out twice a day. And if it doesn't feel good and I feel really sluggish afterwards and I feel like I'm drained, maybe I'll cut it down to once a day or maybe I'll start working out three times a week because right now I'm doing nothing. Fantastic. But again, that's no longer 75 hard. It's just moving your body regularly and doing what feels great for you. The last, when I used to run these challenges, when I first started at this gym, I was all in with with the challenges and I would encourage people to do it perfectly and whatever. And then the longer I worked there, and the more I saw what ha- like, I just saw the pattern. People would get really into it. Like you said, they would stick with it for a week or so. Then they'd start coming in with the cravings, talking about, I don't know, I, well, I'm supposed to go out to eat and I'm supposed to do this. And how do I navigate this? And, and you know, it was kind of like, well, just white knuckle through. Maybe you can't eat at this social event. You got to eat before or after, you know, like you just have to stick with it. You committed. And then because we were telling these clients, like, it's not required that you're perfect, but we, but you should be that when they went off the rails one time, they basically, a lot of them were giving up or for the few people that actually made it through the 30 days, it was almost like a planned binge at the end of it. Like, Oh, I can't wait. I'm almost done. As soon as I'm done, I'm going to get like a burger and a fries and milkshake and all these things. And most of them went back to how they were eating before the 30 days. So as I kept seeing that pattern with, I mean, easily, I mean, I want to say a hundred plus clients over the course of a couple of years here, I started to encourage people like, Hey, you don't actually have to be perfect here. You can take these 30 days and why don't we focus on a few habits? Why don't we go all in on a couple of habits that you really want to work on? And they can kind of coincide with like the quote rules that we're giving you here. But what what kind of benefits could we see in 30 days if we just focused on reducing your sugar intake? What could the benefits be in 30 days if you ate more protein and more vegetables? Like, and I was, you know, I was kind of like whispering it to the side because that was certainly not what we were being told to to tell the clients. But I just saw that pattern over and over and over again. People so pumped up to start halfway through something like a social event would knock them off course and they'd either quit or give up, feel like a failure or they maybe did it successfully and weren't able to keep up with it. We had one guy in particular, he won. He was at that gym for as long as I was there. I'm sure he still goes to that gym. He won several challenges, but his starting weight for all the different challenges were generally the same, meaning he would drop 11, 12, 13 pounds in 30 days 
but by the next challenge, he was right back to where he had started. Mm. So he was winning the challenges regularly, (laughs) but really then great. You had 30 days of success followed by a couple of months of right back to where you started. That reminds me of when I used to do biggest loser challenges, the people who are playing the game would go out the night before their initial weigh-in and like binge on pizza and beer to jack up their water weight for the first weigh-in so that they lose more weight over the course of the Biggest Loser Challenge. If you're making your weight and your health a game, have at these sort of challenges. But that's not the business we're in. And I think it's worth saying another huge con that we've both kind of been talking around is if you struggle with all or nothing thinking and or have battled or battling disordered eating of any kind, I would strongly advise against these type of rule-based time-bound challenges like the two that we've mentioned here because they just acerbate those struggles. And like you said, it's just kind of a a yo-yo diet culture roller coaster ride. It's another one of those, I'm going to lose the weight and then it's not sustainable. I'm going to gain the weight. I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to gain the weight. Permanent lifestyle changes, healthy habits that you can confidently commit to long-term always take cake. In my opinion, in your opinion, it sounds like, and those things are always going to get you further than repeating the challenges endlessly. So there's pros. But there sure are a lot of cons. And even if the pros and cons are the same quantity wise, like I listed five pros, maybe we talked about five cons, but those cons are heavy. Like those are, I don't want to mess with them. I will not be participating in a time bound challenge unless it's for kicks and giggles, but not because I want to improve my health, not because I think it's going to make my relationship with food any better and not because I'm looking to create body composition change in a way that's going to last for a lifetime. Time bound challenges can't provide me with that. I would encourage people to kind of like look into what the challenge is encouraging you to do. Is it even health promoting at all? Like, I mean, like you mentioned, like we're not doing these, people shouldn't be doing these for health, for health improvements because you're not going to get health improvements in 30 days. In particular, I'm thinking of like with 30, Whole30, they encourage you to um, cut out all grains and all legumes, which are actually to, like, of course, there's always going to be somebody that's intolerant to some food, right? Some people might be sensitive to beans or something like that. But those two foods have a lot of health benefits. And most people would do well by eating more of them into their diet by replacing simple grains, you know, simple carbohydrates with whole grains and things like that by incorporating more legumes into their diet. They come with a lot of health benefits. I also remember one of like the rules was you could have chia or flax seeds, but only three times a week. Well, I wondered what the, (laughs) what the basis for that was. What happens if you have it four times a week? Is that bad? What's the negative downside of having it four times a week? I never knew. And so I think it's important to question them and not take them at face value. If something sounds a little like, huh, I wonder why this challenge is encouraging that I cut this particular food out. I wonder how is that going to benefit my health? Or is it kind of like just to make a set of rules and have a new challenge and there's no real actual health reason, scientific backing to taking out this food from your diet? I hope that makes sense. It does make sense. And it's actually like, I'm sitting here thinking about how health promoting is 75 hard because you said, and I've never done 75 hard. So correct me if I'm wrong. You said a hundred ounces of water a day. 
I'm, I, yes, I'm almost positive that's correct. And that's everyone who does it. So there's no individualization. None. Well, what if a hundred ounces is too much for you? I mean, what if you're like, literally, what if you're five feet tall and you don't have, you know, a lot of body mass, that's, that's potentially too much water for you to drink <laughs> or like how health promoting is working out two times a day, actually, because what I know about exercise is it exists on a bell curve, right? So no exercise, not ideal, right? Health is poor, but too much exercise. Now it's not something most of the population has to navigate, but when you're overtraining and you're burnt out and you're not meeting your energy needs by eating enough to match your energy output, poor health, right? So like, I think most people are probably just looking at these things like, I could never do that. I can't even work out twice a week consistently. How could I possibly work out twice a day consistently? So then it just sort of contributes to the discouragement or maybe like the lack of self-efficacy that people have in their ability to create change. I don't know. The longer I sit here and the longer we're talking about it, the more mad I get at these types of programs, the more I'm like, no, no. Well, I think you just made a really good point, too, because I know I've talked about and I think you said you guys did the same thing, like they're encouraging perfection. But wait a minute, because we're imperfect humans, all of us like spoiler alert, you're not perfect. You won't be perfect. So and our lives are certainly not set up to we don't live in a bubble where we just get to like feed ourselves and not have anything going on outside of what we're eating. We have lives outside of our meals. (laughs) So you have social events, you have kids, you have work things, you you have other life barriers to navigate and so to tell people that if they aren't perfect they've failed I mean how fucked up is that that's terrible that you're sending that message to these people saying well it's on you you failed the diet didn't fail you just weren't strong enough you didn't have the willpower or the self-control to follow through that's a you problem that's terrible that's just terrible messaging because you need to understand that you are allowed to quote, slip up, you're allowed to not be perfect. And you learn a lot every time you slip up. You can reflect on those little missteps and learn from them and then move forward and be just like that 1% better that we're all just trying to be. So I actually think the perfection idea around it too of you have to be perfect or you fail, not the diet, it was your fault, is is really, really harmful. And it, like you said, it just discourages a lot of people from even trying well, I can't do this. Everybody else can do it. I'm seeing everybody else do it online. What's wrong with me that I can't do it? I'm such a loser. Why do I even try? Do you know what I think it comes down to? What you value most. Because I know there are people, I have clients. I actually think of one client right now who I'm working with. And she has said to me multiple times on coaching calls, it is so hard for me to think about doing something for the foreseeable future. I am constantly tempted to go back and she's seen success with Whole30 in terms of weight loss. I'm constantly tempted to go back and just redo Whole30 because I know I will see faster progress if I do something like that than if I actually learn how to create healthier eating habits that last long-term. Now she's still working with me because she knows that's not going to get me to where I ultimately want to go. But it's so tempting. It's so alluring. And I think it's because we live in a culture that values intensity over longevity. So if you value doing something perfectly, if you value showing up by following all the rules and adhering to the rigid structure of the diet, this would be the path that you take. Whole 30, 75 hearts, something very similar. 
But if you value long-term success and health promotion throughout a lifespan, I don't think you'd touch these things. I think you would go the complete opposite direction. But I think it boils down to what do you value? Because in my mind, I'm like, would I aspire to be like the person who made a lot of money in a very quick amount of time and then lost it? Or would I aspire to be someone who made a decent amount of money, comfortable amount of money, and then was able to maintain that style of living for the rest of their life? I know which one I'm aspiring to be, but I think maybe it depends on you. I don't know. Maybe there are people who are listening to this that were like, I would genuinely want to be the person who makes a lot of money in a quick period of time. And I think if that's what you value, then, I mean, I'm not here to tell you that what you value is wrong or right or good or bad. That's just what you value. But I think sitting here running the nutrition coaching company that I do, I value what lasts and not just what feels good right now in this moment, in this current point that I'm in, but what lasts long-term and benefits me long-term and the people that I love, the people that are around me. Yeah. I think that kind of says it all. I do. And also with this particular client of yours, changing your habits is hard still. Like, I'm not saying our route is the easier route. I think it's easier in a lot of aspects, but I also think it's harder in that you're in this for the long haul. It's not a quick fix. It requires more patience and it requires you to kind of confront your beliefs and your behaviors and, and be really honest with yourself. And, and if your behaviors aren't serving your long-term goal, they need to be changed or nothing changes. Right. So it's still challenging to go that route. And that route is saying, Hey, this is going to take a little bit longer. So it's like, if I'm going to be challenged anyway, why can't I get to the quick results? But I think, like you said, it's important to remember that you're going to be challenged. It's going to take a little bit longer to get to those results, but and this is the big but, you get to keep those results for a long time. It's way past 30 and 75 days that those results are yours to maintain. So yeah, I think just get really honest with yourself. Like you said, what, what do you value? Do you want quicker results or do you want results that are going to stick around and leave you feeling good and you can maintain and never have to kind of hop on and off one of these nutrition challenges again, unless you choose to for fun. Yeah. Honestly, this client, not to put her on blast, she's made so much amazing progress. (laughs) This is just a great story to kind of utilize. But on every single coaching call, we've been working together for, I think, coming up on a year at this point. But every single coaching call, we have talked about the difference between the allure of going back to Whole30 and in some way, shape or form, me saying, why don't you, right? Like, what would happen if you did? Like, what, what does your past experience tell you about making that choice? And her arriving at, oh, I know it doesn't work. I know it doesn't produce the long-term sustainable success I want to see. But her having to deconstruct, I think is the word that I'm looking for, her value placed on perfect compliance. Because that means so much to her how she was raised, how she was conditioned, showing up perfectly is like gold standard. You've done a good job. And so when she's working on a healthy eating habit and she doesn't do it perfectly because life and she shows up maybe 75% compliant, 80% compliant, that in her brain feels like failure. It feels like not good enough. So every single coaching call, we've had to 
deconstruct the expectation that she can do something perfectly in the long term. And I think, again, it just comes back to what has been conditioned in terms of your value system. And for her, she's rewriting her values because she doesn't want to be perfectly compliant for 30 days on repeat for the rest of her life. She wants to learn how to be somewhat compliant, mostly compliant with the things that allow her to live the life she wants to live for the long term. Yeah, it's all hard. My heart goes out to everybody who's like being marketed these challenges, who are curious about these challenges, who feel really stuck. I mean, you have my deepest sympathies because I think I know you've been there. I've been there. It's a hard place to get to, but I don't think these challenges are are going to give you what you're looking for. And you will have so much more long-term benefits from just kind of really digging in and learning your, your behaviors and how they're affecting your life and how you're feeling and what your goals are. Here's the challenge. I think I issued a challenge on the last podcast. You did. I think all about (laughs) challenges, even though I just spent the last, we love challenges (laughs) (laughs) are not the way to go. Here's my challenge that I'm issuing to you. If you are tempted by these types of time-bound dietary health fitness challenges, before you commit, before you say yes, I just want you to take a minute and sit back and ask yourself, can I see myself following this protocol, whatever the plan is, whatever the rules are, for the rest of my life? If no, it is not going to get you sustainable progress. If that's fine, the answer is no. Then your second question needs to be, am I okay with making short-term progress? Maybe you're doing it for fun. Maybe you want to see what you can learn in 75 days and 30 days. Cool. That's as long as your results are going to last though. Because if you can't stick to the protocol, you don't get to keep your progress. If you're thinking, why the hell would I do something that only gets me results for 30 days or 75 days? I do want something that I can stick with for the long term so I can have progress that is around for the long term. Then I would encourage you to fill out a coaching application, hit up Lauren and I, and or it doesn't even have to be us. Maybe we're not the coaches for you, but invest in making permanent lifestyle changes behavior changes. And usually that boils down to creating healthy habits that allow you to live your life, enjoying all of the foods that you want to incorporate in a mindful capacity, figuring out what frequency of movement is going to work for you most often, learning how to deal with failure because you're not going to be able to show up perfectly every day, every week, every month. If there's one thing we know, it's that you're going to fail sometimes. And getting help turning that failure into feedback just allows you to pick up and make a stronger choice, a better choice, a more goal-supportive choice the next time. So you just get closer and closer towards that ultimate destination where you are feeling really confident in your relationship with food, really happy and healthy in your body composition. So that's the approach that you're looking for. Lifelong results, sustainable fat loss, health-promoting behaviors that you feel confident you can continue committing to long-term. Click the link below, visit nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com and fill out a coaching application. We would love to chat with you. First of all, we'll hop on a discovery call, right? No commitment required, completely free discovery call. It's just a chat with you and I, you and Lauren, and we just kind of get a feel for your goals and see whether or not we will be the right fit. I think investing in a coach when you have these kind of long-term goals, it's like you can't 
say enough about the accountability and the support that you get and how life changing it can be. I can't, but <laughs> no. you have to take my word for it. Just go visit the testimonial page on the website and go check out what the ladies who have been through this journey have to say about their experience with one-on-one nutrition coaching. All right, Lauren, I think we beat this horse to death. (laughs) Time-bound challenges. Maybe they're for you. Maybe they're not. But I think we've established they're not for us. Not for me anymore. Never again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, squad. If you have a question that you want us to address on an upcoming podcast episode, all you have to do is slide into our messages and we will bring it up on the next Q&A podcast episode. It has been great chatting with you. We'll catch you on the flip side. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.